Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. I like us to sing that song. If you can get the third, the third, yeah, the third standard, stanza. Can you can you raise that one? The third one. Let me see. I can help you in the process. Can a woman stand alone? Tender care. Sisters, the sister was the child. She bear, yes, she may forget for me, yet will I remember thee. Can stand out? Can a woman 
Jacob, for you, Israel, are my servant. 
I have made you. You are my servant Israel. I will not forget you. I will not forget you. And so I hope you just tell you tonight that God has the power. He has what it takes to be very tender loving, even more than a mother. I just want you to imagine. Look at a woman who has a fresh child. And how they tenderly hold them. Oh, especially when you when you are being taken care of by the grand grandmothers. The way they handle them. God says, I am, I am very tender loving than even a woman. I'll take care of you. A woman can forget a child because of because of a lack of affection. Some women can give birth to a child and abandon a child because of the challenges. Maybe the man refused to accept the pregnancy. We have seen this over and over, even in Ghana. Some women can abandon their children because of cruel disposition. A woman can be cruel. We have seen women beating up their children with hot irons. Some put their children's fingers into fire. Some will use metallic or something to beat the fingers of their kids because the child is something they really like. A woman can be a paradox. And then, we have also seen, for example, during crisis and calamities, women can forget their children. As I told you, in Samaria, women were killing and eating of their own children. Ah! But what is God telling us about this scripture as I, I zero down to look at how God preserved Joseph in Egypt? What God is teaching us in this scripture is that God is helping you and, I, and, me, and me to imagine the devotedness of a mother. How mothers are so committed and devoted. I remember when we had our first child. Whilst I was snoring and sleeping, my wife would get up at the slightest cry of the child. And sometimes the men get angry. You're not happy. This child cannot allow me not. He's not allowing me to sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> God is telling you how devoted a mother is. And he says, I'm devoted towards you. Number two, God is saying that just as the bonding of a mother is almost virtually inseparable from the child, so are we inseparable from the love of God. Romans 8.35 What shall separate us from the love of God? What shall separate you from the love of God? Shall COVID-19 separate you from the love of God? Think about it. That is impossible. Shall the law, that the loss of, of, of job separate you from the love of God? Absolutely impossible. So God is telling us, as Paul said in Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship? Shall persecution? Shall famine? Shall nakedness? Shall danger? Shall sword? Shall death? He said, absolutely nothing. So God is telling us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I want to just look at how mothers are that committed. And God says, yes, they can forget. But I will not. What a mighty God we say. And so how did God preserve this 17-year-old young man? 
in Egypt. Sold by his brothers. Hated by them. Maltreated. Manhandled. Cast into a waterless system. Dragged out. Clothes torn apart. Listen. Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelite. Virtually naked. Because remember, the Bible said they took his clothes and tore it. And killed an animal. animal besmeared the blood. And went and deceived their father. And the ferocious animal killed their brother. So he was sold as a slave boy by his own brothers, siblings. Suddenly he appeared in Egypt, the biggest nation on earth, the most powerful nation on earth. And he did not find himself in any place. Maybe he could have found himself on the streets. But Joseph found himself in one of the most powerful politicians in Egypt, Potiphar. How is God going to keep this young man? I like us to just examine how God preserved Joseph. And tonight, I know that He is preserving your life. He's, he's preserving your life. Amen. He's keeping you alive. Amen. He's keeping your job well. Amen. He's keeping your kids well. Amen. He will keep your husband well. Amen. And He will keep your wife well. Amen. Oh, come and say amen to that. Amen. We read several times in the scriptures from Genesis 39 through to about 45 a particular refrain and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39 and the verse number 2. The first way God preserved the life of Joseph was by the presence the presence. In Genesis 39 and the verse number 2, the Bible said the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Think about it. In Acts chapter 7 and the verse 9, when they were stoning Stephen and Stephen began preaching, Stephen in about a few minutes gave a snapshot about the life of the patriarchs. And when he got to Joseph, he said, because the patriarchs, he meant his brothers, were jealous of Joseph, they sold him, Acts chapter 7 verse 9, as a slave into Egypt. But along was Stephen added, but God was with him. But God was with him. Makabranda. I love, I love, I love that song. Give me that to you. Asan Foye Owa Sorry Mawa Ede My goodness. Yes. Oh no. Brewanase, brewanase, brewanase. Was 
presence of God. What is the presence of God? The presence of God simply is that atmosphere of the favor of God that surrounds a man and makes life or makes crisis situation bearable. It is, it is an awareness that God is with me even in the midst of trouble. That is the presence of God. The presence of God is that tangibility of God with us when we go through the storms of life. When I say tangible, I mean that particular concreteness of God. You, you, you cannot touch him, but you can feel that he's around you. Oh, you haven't got through that state before. You haven't gone to a place in life where you go to a place and you, and then you you can't you can't see anybody, but you know, you know that that God is with you. You know, you know. That is what they call the presence of God. And the Bible said that but God was with Joseph. Now listen carefully to what the presence of God did in the life of Joseph and how it presented. In fact, in Genesis 39, verse 3 to 4, because of the presence of God, number one, success in the life of Joseph became a natural occurrence. Success in the life of Joseph became an everyday occurrence. Look at the way motivational preachers have written so many laws of success. Sometimes when I take the books and I read 77 laws of success, 25 laws of success, I just go and read the Bible in Genesis 39. And the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and everything he did, he prospered. Case closed. The equation sometimes is too complex. Oh my goodness. And the Lord was with Joseph. I read the book. When, by the time I got to the 21st law of success, I was confused. There were so many laws. And I was wondering how I could be committed to obeying all those laws. By the presence. The presence. The presence. The presence. Success became a natural occurrence in Joseph's life. Genesis 39. Verse 3 and 4. I like to read that. I like to read that. I like to read that so that you, you, you will appreciate you will appreciate what I was talking about. Genesis 39. Verse 3 and 4. Listen carefully. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, Look, look at that. Even human beings can detect. Even unbelievers, godless people, even unholy people, even unrighteous people, man, can detect the tangibility of the presence in your life. When the master, the master was not a believer, the master was an Egyptian. When the master saw, that means that when the presence of God is with you, there is a tangible manifestation of God. Somebody can see it, that God is around you. Huh? When the master saw that God was with Joseph and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. <laughs> I don't see the Lord here. I don't see 25 irrefutable laws. I don't see 71 incontrovertible laws. I see a simple law. And it's a law of the presence. Very simple. Sometimes we make Christianity too complex. 
Very simple. The gospel is simple. God loved the world. He gave Jesus to die for us. If you believe in him, you are saved. It's a very simple gospel. When the master saw a decree upon you right now, may somebody you respond to as your authority, may he see something. The challenge that sometimes we have is that people don't see the manifestations of the supernatural in our lives. It makes the battle so difficult. If men can see the manifestation of the supernatural, certain engagement will be very easy. When the master saw, listen, Joseph never wrote any kind of sinning. It was simple. When the master saw, can the master see something? Can your boss see something? Can your father see something? Can your pastor see something? Can the man who hates you see something? When the master saw, success punctuated the place of Joseph in all that he did. When he practiced, success went ahead of him. When he moved here, success went. When he practiced, so success became a natural occurrence. I decree upon you, hey, don't only apply yourself to all of those 27 laws. Apply yourself to the classical principle. And the classical principle is the presence. Who are you asking that for the Lord? It's the presence. And I'm telling you, the presence of God in your life is, is the one that makes a difference. When you introduce it into the equation, there is a balance. It changes everything. When the master saw, I love that. And so you see, success became a natural occurrence. Number two, because of the presence, favor, favor became a natural occurrence. Look at it, that's my fault. He said, and he had favor. Bala parakaya dabashada. Bo sabu rako dabali asta yagadaba. Varandi akama dusa. Boloho kotumana balansa. Ayas yetu fuyu. Rewanasyo. Asa. Everything he had in Joseph's care. 
with Joseph's child, he did not concern himself with anything he ate, anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. What did he capture in this? There was a certain magnetic phenomenal field that was created around Joseph. It's the law of attraction. If you don't know, I came the way tonight to tell you that the presence of God will create an attractive field around you. It created an attractive field around Joseph. That the Bible says that when the master handed over everything in his house into the hands of Joseph, anything he touched succeeded. Don't be don't be that negative force person. Anybody who gets around you forces from no, 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 that's not good. I want you to be the person whose presence draws success and glory. Anybody with a problem who comes around your life, a challenge in his or her life will drop down. Did you hear that in the story? When the master saw, he handed over everything to Joseph. Because there was that law, that phenomenal law of success is a law of attraction. That is why you don't bond anyhow, young men. Because the law of association, you become like who you bond with. See if you have people like Joseph, hey Charlie, I want to be in this company. Because even when you want to fail, the presence around him will carry you along. <laughs> it's a powerful, a powerful law. So the presence created a favorable phenomenal field around Joseph and his master saw this. My goodness. Not only that, the presence created a divine intervention. Because of the presence, God was keeping Joseph from harm's way. Huh? Somebody told me something a few days ago. He said, many of us don't know. We must have come in con to contact with COVID-19. But we didn't know. God delivered us. <laughs> we, we, we didn't know. And I know you don't know. Many people might have come into contact with it. Of course, some are compromised and we are praying for them. But some of us are spared. You didn't know. I didn't know either. But the Bible says, listen carefully, in Genesis 39 and the verse 19, the wife of Potiphar blackmailed Joseph. And the Bible said, when she told the story to her husband, Potiphar burned with anger. I mean, many of us are not that To burn with anger is rage. It's an outrage of anger. That can lead to destruction. In fact, the man should have decapitated Joseph. Bam! I remember the story in Esther chapter 1 and I think in verse number 12. When King Xerxes or Ahasuerus invited Vasti to come and show her beauty because he was throwing a party and wanted to bluff, you know, 
tell the others that I am, I am the, the king who is most blessed with a beautiful wife. And, 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 and fast it because the Bible says when King Zetes had it, he burned with anger. And what was the end of the anger? Fasting lost the position. In the same description in Genesis 39, verse 13. So we should have just read. And Potiphar burned with anger. And David was sorry, and Joseph was taken to the slaughterhouse. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar burned with anger in Daniel chapter 3, what happened? The Bible says he ordered that the furnace should be heated seven times. But what happened? The Bible said that Nasper says that and he put him into prison. <laughs> the imprisonment was part of the divine designs. It was an intervention. You see, when you read that story, don't only look at the negatives as coming from the devil. Look at the negatives as divine designs which God is hijacking to push the agenda. He was not clear, but there was an intervention there. That is why I said that many of you don't know. Maybe you came into contact with COVID-19. But you take it for granted. My immunity is strong. No blood. It's grace. It's grace. Oh my goodness. Of righteousness. 
Joseph was so conscious about righteousness. He was so conscious about sin. He was so conscious about error and right. He was so conscious. Genesis 39, verse 8 and 9. When Potiphar's wife wanted to draw him to bed, listen carefully, but he refused. Genesis 38, 39, 8 and 9. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to a care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master was, has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against Consciousness. When we talk about sin consciousness, we are talking about awareness that something is wrong. You see, when your conscience is seared with iron, the Bible says with hot iron, you have a conscience that is dead. There are many of us who are not pricked at all when we are doing something that is bad. We normalize it. You can't normalize it. If, if the Holy Ghost in you is working, when you do something, it breaks you. Be careful. One of the ways that we are kept alive in difficult times is when we are very much aware of what is wrong and right. Because listen, in moments of pain, in moments of crisis, in moments of danger, in moments of difficulties, people lose their guards. That's what happens. We lose our guards. We become reckless because, listen carefully to this, we know very well in human psychology, very simple principle. Anytime people are exposed to the dangers of life and the crisis of life, their decision-making processes are compromised. It is not rational. That is how you hear people say, I did that under duress. I was forced. That is when you hear people say, I got my breaking point. They don't focus and follow rationality. I pray in the solid name of Jesus. May the Lord keep your mind focused on Him. That you are aware of what is happening around you. You are aware of the righteousness and the sins that are around you. And and you make the right choice. So many young people and elderly alike sometimes will say that, well, it came my way. And so I responded. Let me tell you something. Temptation is not evil. It's not evil. Say, Lord of God, what do you mean? No, no, no. Temptation is not evil. You're confused. Temptation is not evil. What is evil in the temptation is yielding to temptation. Every human being will be tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. The Bible says in Hebrews 7 that he was tempted like us. Yet without sin. And the Bible says that in the days of his flesh, so Jesus had days of his flesh, he had days when he was afraid, for example, we are told that he prayed, Father, 
this cup, if it's possible, let it pass upon me. And so the scriptures are clear that no temptation that has befallen us is beyond what is exposed to man. In other words, every temptation that comes to us are within the remit of what we experience as human beings. He said, except that which is common to man. So every temptation that comes your way by the measure of God is within the commonality of divine arrangement. That's God for you. It's common. So temptation is not evil. It is yielding to temptation. The Bible says don't yield your members unto sin. In other words, don't commit yourself to sin. That is what we call sin of omission and commission. That's in the sense you decide. When you are conscious of sin, the presence of God is with you. The Bible says in 1 John that he that is born of God does not continue to him in sin. That is Joseph. And COVID-19, I know that because of the crisis, that's what happens. The people lose track of what is righteous when they come under trouble. Jesus told us in the in the prayer that he taught the disciples. He said, when you are praying, pray, our Father, which art in heaven. One of the sessions says, lead us not to temptation. In other words, Father, please protect us from temptation. Oh, may the Lord lead you out of temptation. But when temptation comes your way, I want you to know, the Bible says that he will provide a root of escape. And so if you don't find any route of escape tonight, in the solid name of Jesus, I release you from the clutches of that temptation. Be free! Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you know how Joseph escaped? The Bible says he left his cloak. His cloak was the root of escape. Thank God the woman grabbed his cloak. Receive an opportunity to escape from that particular danger. So God made Joseph conscious. I thank God that you haven't lost your sanity. You haven't lost your sanity. And I haven't lost mine either. COVID-19 should not bring a terror out of me. It shouldn't transform me into evil. It shouldn't make me a sinner. I remain a saint through the blood of Jesus. And I'll tell you the final one, and then we'll continue. God gave Joseph divine wisdom. He preserved him by wisdom. Oh, oh, wisdom. Oh, wisdom. Oh, wisdom. Listen, I come across people who tell me I couldn't go to school. Because of all the challenges that I was exposed to. My mother was poor. In fact, I read some articles 
in one of them, he says that if you are born into poverty, your chances of becoming successful in life is only 4%. 4%. 4%. People often will tell you that I couldn't do this because I didn't have anybody to take care of me. Some of them have gone through some difficulties in life and they will tell you that it's because I was abused. It's because I lost this. It's because I lost this family. Stay with me for the next five minutes. Look at what Joseph went through. He should have lost everything. For the first time in his life, he saw his brothers beating him up and throwing him down into a waterless system. Black brothers. Taking his mail, the beautiful clothes, tearing it before a boy. I mean, it will bring him down. Number three, he saw Maybe you don't understand what happened to him in Joseph when he was in Egypt, in, in the prison. But turn with me to Psalm 105. I'd like you to just see what happened to Joseph when he was in prison. Then you will appreciate what happened to him. Psalm 105, verse 18. Look at what happened to him. Psalm 105, verse 18. Maybe you think that when he went to prison, he was just lying down and enjoying himself, and they are bringing food and stuff like that, and blah, 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 you know, that was not it. I wanted to just see something right here. Psalm 105, and the verse number 18. Listen, he says, they bruised his feet. He was talking about Joseph. When we read the previous verses, they bruised his feet with shackles. It means that when he was in prison, he was in shackles. Huh? He was in shackles. So don't, don't think that it was a, a nice prison and he was, no, he was in shackles. And they bruised his neck with irons. So his feet in shackles, his neck was put in irons. That was the kind of prison Joseph found himself. God gave him wisdom so that he will not get embittered. Because when you get embittered, the bitterness will clog the pipes of your wisdom. You can express yourself. You are so bitter. Something evil happened to you. You are so angry. Bitterness. It destroys. And so when Paul was talking to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6 verse 20, he told Timothy, God Guard the deposit. Guard it. Guard it. He said, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter. In other words, bad company can destroy the gift of God in you. It can destroy. The wisdom Joseph had was a, was a gift of God that God gave to him. But if he, were, if he found himself in bad company, that would have been destroyed. So Paul told Timothy, guard it. Avoid godless chatter. 
avoid godless company. And COVID-19, you are home. Please, be careful who you relate with. Be careful those you are chatting with on social media. Take care of yourself. Paul, again, told Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 14, he said, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy that sometimes one of the ways of guarding the gift of God in you, the wisdom God has given you, your sanity, your fear of God, your love for God, these are divine virtues in you. One way of guarding it and protecting it whilst you are under COVID-19 is that you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. So you guard the deposit by the help of the Holy Spirit. Guarded by the help of the Holy Spirit. And finally, are you expecting Jesus? Are you seeing the crisis that, that, is, that is all over? This great disruptions in human history for about a hundred years now. Are you seeing this as a potential indication that one day, one day, when we are not aware, the trumpet shall sound. Everything shall come to an end. Are you looking at that way? When Peter was talking to the church in 2 Peter 3.17 about the imminence of Christ, that Christ can come at any time, and so we have to occupy until he comes. And guard, guard your heart. Don't let people make you afraid. Guard your heart. Listen to what he said as we draw down the curtains. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been for more, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from the secure position. And so John said in 1 John 3, 3, all who have this hope, what kind of hope? The hope that Christ will appear. The hope that one day we will not be scared of COVID-19. For God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, no pain. For the former things, what are the former things? It includes COVID-19. Shall pass away. All those who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is purified. Friends, we have been looking at how God preserves justice. We have looked at three tonight. We have looked at the fact that God was protecting Joseph with the law of the presence. He preserved him with the presence. Number two, we have looked at the fact that Joseph was very conscious of sin. And so he preserved him. And three, we have looked at the fact that Joseph was wise and he guarded against the virtues of God in him so that he would not be broken. And so tonight, I leave you with this principle that God will preserve you. He will keep you from the hand of the fowler. If you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. And through the waters, they will not overwhelm you. I pray in the name of Jesus that grace will keep you secure. Listen carefully. If you are not born again, I give you the chance to say the following words after me because Jesus can come and stay in your heart right now. Father, I thank you for Jesus that you gave him for my sins. That he died for me and he arose from the dead for my justification. 
Today I confess him as my Lord and personal Savior. I will love him. I will serve him the rest of my life. I need your help through the agency of the Holy Spirit. If you pray this prayer, Jesus has come to stay in your heart. You can see the details that are screening right on the device we are using about the details of our church. Pick the number there and call us. We will reach out to you and pray with you. Once again, this has been Rema Worship Center, located at East Legon. I still want to make an appeal. If you are ready to just pay some money into our COVID-19 fund to help feed those who are having problems feeding themselves, you can see our memo in there. Please pay something into it, and the Lord our God will bless you. Until I come your way again on Sunday, remember that the very simple law of the presence, or the simple law of preservation, is the law of the presence. Men of the presence have the laws of attraction. Shalom, peace, and light to you. Bye. Bye.